you know, uh, there are some things available to us that require uh, a, a persistence. They, they, they require us to absolutely just be determined that we're going to, going to get what God has made available to us. Yeah. Not, uh, watch, not I'm going to look to the Lord for a minute and if he doesn't move or say something, then, well, I guess, you know, I guess that's just the way it is and I need to learn to live with what I have. P- people who have, who have experienced much in God and have learned to walk in, you know, the, the benefits and the, the, the gifts that God gives, they're not people who just kind of give the Lord a, a, a look every now and then. Well, I'll pop into church, and as long as I'm going to church enough, and you know, no, there are people, they are people who have learned how to stay in the presence of God until, until there's breakthrough, until there's an answer, until there's, there's, until something happens. When you, when you know that something exists, meaning God, the principle is just, when you know something exists, you can be determined to pursue it until you find it. To go after it until you obtain. If you know it's there, then, you know, you, you can set your heart in that, in that manner that says, I'm not going to be without, I'm not going to be denied. And when we're talking about the things of God, when you know He is there and you know that He has some things that you need. Uh, then you can be that determined as well and just put, set your heart, fix it to where I'm going to, uh, I'm going to live in God's will for my life. I'm going to live with God's activity in my life, his, the move of his spirit. I'm going to receive continual revelation of God in my life. See, uh, too many of us, don't ever get to the things that we really, truly desire because we only look for a minute. I mean, I'm talking even in church. That's why, that's why praising God, whatever we did for like an hour, isn't, or close to it, but it's an odd thing for the average Christian because churches don't do this as a whole. There are some, obviously. We're not the only ones, but as a broad brush Churches don't do this because people turn off. They shut their mind off or they go to the store or somewhere else in their mind as soon as the song stops. And if you do too many songs, they're off at the mall anyway <laughs> or whatever. They're doing something else. They're going through their to-do list. They're just, I mean, they're unable to be focused for very long. But yet if we have a heart that says, I, I will get what God has for me, period, and, and, and if someone's saying, well, how long does it take? <laughs> That's the wrong question. It's just he is and I am and he wants me with him and he wants me to know him and experience him and have what he has for me and to know his will and his plan and have his power flowing through my life on a continual basis. So be that being the fact, that just being what is, bless God, I'm going to have it. I'm not going to be one of those mediocre people who just makes it to the end. But when I say it, mediocre, I say, I mean, just have a nominal relationship with God. No, I'm going to pursue. I'm going to have what some aren't willing to go after. Yeah? 
And some of that's just say, well, I don't know, we know what that means. It just means what we're doing here tonight. It's why I kept exhorting, uh, stay in there, stay there, open up your mouth, keep your mouth going, keep praising. And then there was times we were quiet too, but then keep your mind active. Sometimes you can't keep your mind act, your mind in the right place unless you keep your mouth going long enough. Because <laughs> as soon as you stop talking, your mind will go, bing. <laughs> so what do you do? You pull it back in. Say, I praise you, Lord. I magnify you, Lord. I glorify you. And we keep going there, keep going there. You do these things long enough. And I'm not saying we, we, we uh, you know, experienced everything that there is. We didn't. But we got into a good place where many of us could hear from God. That's why I could sense that. It's like, okay, now, now, now the Lord is here and, he's, and it's evident. And that's why I said, everybody be still now. Everybody kind of just listen, listen, let the Lord talk to you, right? That's a, that's a time in service where things like prophecies come forth, whether it's in song or spoken or tongues and interpretation. Uh, that's why frequently I... Partly because that's one of the ways the Lord uses me, like He does some of you, but you haven't yielded yet. Um, is you just have to you just have to get in that place, and you can start using uh, those gifts will start manifesting. You just have to get yourself in that place. What do you mean that place where you're conscious of Him? The Spirit of God falls on you, and now you can just do things. Amen. 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 So be one of those kind of people. Yeah. You know those kind? Those kind that you can't talk out of, of, you can't talk out of getting it. You can't, someone can't get you to just tamper down. Just, just stop it. Just don't be so enthusiastic. Just can't, people are going to think you're a fanatic. <laughs> yeah, I want to be one of those people. I don't mean socially weird I don't mean we can't have a real conversation. You can be, how many know you can be completely normal and have a meaning, normal meaning you have a good relationship with people, you can converse about many subjects, but you can also be powerful. You can also have a depth to your relationship with God that the average Christian doesn't have. It's really what these Wednesday nights are designed for. Say, say why doesn't everyone come? They're too shallow. Now, don't take that as a direct judgment on any person and for any, you know, and I know we're in, a, in between two holidays right now and a lot of people are traveling. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the average person doesn't want to be in a service where we might worship for an hour or we might wait on the Lord. Why? Because their flesh wants entertained. And if church is not boom, 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 quickly moving, there's not enough entertainment for the flesh and the unrenewed mind, and so they check out. They're not spiritual enough. So I know I'm preaching kind of to the choir because, like, we're here. <laughs> and, like, we signed up for a service like this because we do want more of God. We do want to walk, walk with Him closely, right? We do want to know His voice and walk in His ways. But if that's the burning desire of your heart, I want you to know it's there for a reason. You're not the originator of it. It's God himself. He is calling your name. He is drawing you to himself. Not everybody will have a relationship with God like Enoch of the Old Testament who walked with God for 300 years and then was gone, right? Not everybody, what, even in their day, I mean, who, how many people had it? Well, only one that I can tell. And uh, how many people go further in their walk with God? Well, not everybody, but some do. It could be you. 
You could be more spiritual than everyone you know. Right? You could be the most spiritual person in your family. You could be the one that, you know, if the Lord tarries his coming, is the instigator of generations to come that, that serve God. And they'll be talking about my great-grandpa, my great-grandma, my, this, this person that was back in my past. They were a prayer. They were one who would speak, seek the Lord. They would cry out to God. They would spend time and worship him. Right? Rather than, well, my great-great-great-great-grandpa, he was a gamer. <laughs> or, or whatever, or some other hobby. <laughs> that, I mean, I mean, meaning that's what they were known for. Let there be someone in our family. Maybe there was someone that went before you and me in our families that, that sought the Lord, and it might be one part of the reason we're here. But we can be that for those who come after us. Amen? So what if the Lord comes back before that ever happens? I don't think you'll be upset, nor, nor will the Lord, to have someone who will go a little bit further. Remember when Jesus taught about the, the sower uh, the, you know, the farmer who plants the seed and the, he put the seed on the different types of ground. Mark chapter four records this, Matthew 13. And, uh, and uh, different types of ground, the farmer would sow the, sow the seed. And it, it was interesting that only one of the four types produced. So put, put that on the calculator, whether it was intended or not, uh, 25% of those who heard the word actually produced fruit. That's not exciting news, <laughs> right? But it does, if I know that, I can look at myself and say, okay, wait a minute, where am I in that? Am I the, and if you don't know the story, read it, but am I the stony ground or the thorny ground? Am I, am I, one, am I one of these non-producing, do I have one of these non-producing hearts? Or am I amongst the, the, the 25% who actually receive it? If you, there was a series I did years ago. Some of you might remember this when I give this indication. I basically taught that whole parable without ever reading it. So I, stole, I, basically, I plagiarized Jesus, the whole message. I did. I took all those principles and I taught them without ever reading it because I thought people were going to say, oh, I've heard that before. So I thought, I just won't even use it. I'll just take the principles out of there and repackage it. Anyway, I called, uh, the, the way I labeled it was uh, loser, loser, loser. In other words, uh, they were all, uh, <laughs> basically all the different types of grounds were people for whatever re reason they wouldn't stay or they couldn't contain that seed long-term. Because if the seed stayed in the ground long-term, it would produce something. And so all the different things were people in various circumstances and it would cause them to abort God's plan for their life and the word of God would be ineffectual. But those who could stay with it long enough and stay in that place long enough, that, that seed would go into the soil and produce, remember, 30, 60, 100 fold. And, and that principle, whether you're talking about the word or being able to just pray and stay in the presence of God or being in church, you know, long-term. Not, not just long-term like hours, but long-term like years. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like all your life? Like from the day you know until you die? That's the way it's supposed to be, right? And, but long-term people are the ones who are useful in God's hands. They're the ones that see the results. They're the ones that produce. 
Amen, amen. Now, don't beat yourself up if you've been flaky in and out, been a loser uh, in different ways. We all probably have in, in various ways, but it doesn't matter what we have been. It matters where we are right now and what we're going to do going forward. Yeah? Anyone who's been a loser in the past can be a winner starting today. And it's having that determination that says, I'm going to continue. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to learn how to pray like nobody's business. I'm going to learn how to listen to God's voice like, not like the average person won't. I'm just not going to be one of those nominal Christians who never really sees God move. I want to see God move, and I'm blessed God I'm going to. I'm going to see miracles. I'm going to see power flow through my hands. I'm going to see God's blessings financially in my life. Yeah. I'm going to walk in divine health. I'm not going to be one of those sick people. Now, if you don't understand that, well, then you don't understand. But pursue until you do understand instead of judging me. Right? Pursue until you do understand. If these things are available to you, you know, I use that example, but uh, one of our my leaders, when, uh, well, the, the ministry the Lord connected to me back in 1987, uh, he would always say, last headache I had was August 1933. He said, why, why start now? You know, because he had learned, because he was on his deathbed and got healed from a deformed heart and incurable blood disease. And he got, he, he got the revelation without anybody t- helping him. People were coming by telling him, you're going to die, you're going to die. You're gonna, they're, they're just, even preachers didn't know anything about praying for the sick and helping him. And he would, he would read his uh, Bible in his deathbed because he was paralyzed. And uh, he could barely move a page, take him all day to read a page. <laughs> And, uh, but he would, he would stay in the, and just stay in the Word, stay in the Word, seeking the Lord for answers, seeking the Lord, until he came across Mark 11, 23 and 24, which talked about believing and speaking to the mountain and, and believing you receive before you see, right? Wow. Believe you receive and you'll have. And, and, and he read that again and again. And even people would come by and, and, and ask him and say, well, do you, do you ever read uh, any, you know, newspapers, the doctor would come by, they'd make house calls in those days. You ever read any magazines, any newspapers? He said, I don't have time. See, he's bed fast. <laughs> and there's no TV, by the way. <laughs> there's no iPhone. He's bed fast. He said, I don't have time to read that. What an odd statement. But someone, he was so committed to finding his answer that I wonder how much of, how many things we could have each of us could have experienced if we had that kind of determination. He would read it, he would read it, he'd read it until, until he got it and the Lord spoke to him and, and told, basically told him, because he told the Lord, you know, I'm healed, I believe I'm healed, yada, yada, and the Lord said, healed people ought to be up this time of day. See, he's paralyzed. And so he, th- he threw his paralyzed body off the edge of the bed, <laughs> hanging onto the bedpost, saying, I'm healed, and the power of God hit him in the top of the head. And, and healed his body. And then, he, and then he changed millions of lives after that. I said at a, I was at a minister's meeting a uh, number of years ago, and, and I was one of the speakers at the meeting, and I was trying to emphasize a point, to make a point about uh, people getting things from God personally and talking about ministers. I said, well, and I, I was being hyperbolic, but I said, what we ought to do is take all the first-year Bible college students that we have, all first-year Bible college students, give them all a terminal disease. (laughs) And I got some frowns in the room, like, 
And uh, I said, then, everybody who gets, some will die and go to heaven, they'll be good. And uh, others will get healed, and then they'll change the world. Now, obviously, I don't really mean that. In practice, I would never give someone a disease. Don't want anyone to do that. But you think about it, those, it's like, I'm going to live or die. I'm going to sink or swim. I better learn how to get a hold of God. I better better learn how to get a hold of the Word and let it change my life. How many know when you learn how to get it personally, now you're you're going to be a world changer? Yeah? Amen, amen. So let's just be determined. Amen? Let's be determined to get what God has for us. If it's written in, I'm not talking about just randomly grabbing ideas out of the air. I'm talking about things that are biblically solid and grounded. There's more than one verse on the subject. And we find it and we say, this is what I'm going to have. This is what God did for that person. He's no respecter of persons. If he did it for them, he'll do it for me. And so thank you, Lord. Respectfully, humbly, I worship you. And I'm not going to be denied what you have, what you have promised. I will get what you have. Yeah. Amen. Because we're told, I mean, you know, Hebrews chapter 4 says we should boldly come before the throne of grace. I mean, you know, it's not a throne of judgment. So I don't have to be afraid. I should boldly come. That's fearless. Before God Almighty? Exactly. Boldly come. Why can I come boldly? Because the blood of Jesus has washed me clean. I'm not, I shouldn't be afraid of repercussion. I shouldn't be afraid of punishment, of being cast down or cast out. No, I'll be embraced. Why wouldn't I come boldly before my Father who loves me? And I come boldly before the Father, before the throne of grace, to obtain mercy, to find grace to help in time of need. That means when I have a need, there is an ability of God that will enter my life to cause me to, to rise up and overcome. Amen. But it's notice the scripture did say, by the way, if you don't know where this is, it's, it's Hebrews chapter 4. All right. Uh, the scripture did say, or is it five? Four, four or five. Hebrews, or Shebrews, one of those two. Uh, uh, but we are supposed to go and get that. In other words, it doesn't automatically fall in our lap. You notice there are many things in God that way. He has them, he's made available. Doesn't mean they're automatically gonna happen. Many people are taught today just to, to accept their lot in life. Well, whatever happens, happens. Just kind of kind of learn to go with the flow, learn to live with that. Not whatever happens, happens. God has made me a promise. He has given me a, a direction, and it, uh, it is up to me to believe it. It is up to me. If he says it's available, I should go after it. If he says I can come before his throne with confidence and boldness and receive something from him, well, then that means it's not going to come on me if I'm afraid. It's not going to come in by my life if I'm timid and I'm shy and I just, oh, Lord, woe is me. Whatever you want to happen, just let it happen. I just trust whatever is your will is going to happen. Ah, that's not what he said. He said, go and get it. Come boldly before the throne of God. Amen. So go in, head up high and announce, Father, here I am. I'm doing what you told me to do. I have some issues. I have some need of mercy and grace. So I'm here. You told me to come and get it. I'm here to get it. Amen. Say what else? Well, he's the giver. It's not all on you. You come boldly before him and just say, thank you, Father. I ask you, I receive grace, mercy and grace. Grace is, is favor, but grace is also ability. 
grace enables us to do what we couldn't do without it. Yeah? In other words, I can't live with this turkey anymore. You need grace. Because with God's grace, you can. You don't understand who the turkey is? That's your spouse. Uh, not talking about your meal from a couple days ago. Can't live with this turkey in me anymore. Uh, you know, I can't, I, I don't know if I can keep doing what you've called me to do. Well, you can't on your own. If it's God worthy, you're insufficient. But with the grace of God, you can. I can't do what I'm supposed to do. I tell you firsthand, I confess right here, I can't do it in and of myself. I am insufficient for the task. I can't be long-termer. I'm going to be one of those 75% losers who quits too soon, gives up. I can't do it on my own. I absolutely need the grace of God to do it. To do it. But thank God, I have it. Amen. And, then, then, and the scripture even, even says, uh, Peter wrote, he gives more grace. Remember that? He gives more grace. Who does he give it to? Well, he resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble people don't say, I, can, I got this, I can do it on my own. Or, no, humble people say, I'm going up before the throne of God's grace. Boldly, without fear, I know my father loves me, and he promised this to me. So here I am, I'm back. You again? You're here again? <laughs> yep. Wasn't, weren't you here like an hour ago? Yep, that was me. <laughs> I came for more. I'm back for not seconds or thirds, but hundred and seconds. <laughs> hundred and thirds. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Aren't you glad we're, that our Father loves us? Yes. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Uh, amen. You have a minute more? Anybody in a hurry? Uh, turn to, to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5. Let's see. You, uh, verse 43. Really, the whole thing's good, but verse 43, Jesus talking here. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your, your neighbor and hate your enemies. So that was, that was the, the model of the old covenant law. Love, you know, love your neighbor. Love those who are of who are like you, those who are close to you, and hate your enemies, all right? Uh, but I say to you, Jesus saying, no, by the way, I'm changing things because that's not really the best way. That's the way it was. That's not really got the way that the Father is. He said, but I say to you, love your enemies. So how many know if you, if you can love your enemy, you should be able to love anybody, if you can love your enemy, you should be able to, hope you don't, hopefully you don't consider people you work with or your spouse your enemy. If you do, it's okay, because you know how to treat them. You love them, right? 
<laughs> but if they're anything less than that, well, this should be a breeze. Hallelujah. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. So this is our instructions. This is, this is how uh, Jesus is teaching us how to act because this is how the Father acts. He's teaching us love because God is love. This is the higher way. This is the way that we do things. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. So that might seem like a tall order, but that's the way the Father has been towards us. I mean, why would any of us even know him? We didn't deserve it. We weren't lovable. No, we were unlovable, but he loved us anyway. We were enemies of God, but he loved us anyway. He did good to us. It's important that we know that the Father is this way. He's been this way towards us. By the way, he's still this way towards us after we get saved. It's not like, well, he'll love you until you get saved, and now he's just angry at you for every little thing you do. He actually still loves us, and he'll still, good, still do good to us even if we don't do right. Because that's, that's who he is. Jesus is saying, be that way. Do it like him. He said that you may be the sons of your father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends his rain on the just and on the unjust. So uh, anyway, this is the father teaching us, this is the Lord Jesus teaching us how the father is by saying you should act this way because he's this way. God is this way. He does good things even to bad people. So we should do good things to bad people. Should we? Would that be right? If you're, if you're, he said, this is, how you become, this is how you are a son of your father. Okay. In other words, if I'm a child of God, um, p- kids are supposed to be like their parents, at least on some, to some degree. right? If we're a child of God, we're like him. Okay, this is what we do then. The meanest, ugliest, wicked people, we're looking for an opportunity to do something good to them. Someone cusses you out, pull out your wallet. I just wanted to give you some extra money. Why? I just love you. <laughs> he said, for, for if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? Tax collectors were the crooks of the day. Maybe they still are? No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> And, and if you greet your brethren only, what, uh, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So do these things because the Father is this way. Um, uh, knowing that God is this way towards us is, is really huge. It sets the stage for us to be this way towards other people. Okay. Uh, you've all done, we've all done really dumb things at times. We've been hard-hearted, rebellious. We've done a lot of wrong How does the Father respond to us? He still loves us. Someone thinks, well, I know why God isn't, isn't answering my prayer. It's because I've done X, Y, and Z. I've done these, all these things wrong. Well, according to Jesus, he does good things to evil people. If, if we're to love our enemies, that means God loves our enemies. He, that mean God, means God loves his enemies. 
I'm not even his enemy. I may mess up, but I'm not an enemy of God. I've been redeemed and restored and I'm in his family. So I'm less than an enemy. If I was an enemy, God would do something good for me. Hallelujah. Uh, Turn a page over to the right. Let me see see where this is. Verse, uh, chapter 7. Matthew 7, verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who if his son asks for, for bread, will he give him a stone? So think about this. Father to son. Dad, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Do you have any bread? Uh, here's a rock. <laughs> oh, sure, son. Here you go. Here's some gravel. Put that in your stomach. Who would do that? Or, verse 10, if, his, if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Now, now many, some of us have read these, these verses so many times, we might just blow right past them. Uh, without getting the point. Because how many know there's a lot of Christians who think that the Father, that God, will give them something that harms them? I, I, I want something to eat, but he might give me cancer instead. You know how many Christians think that's real? They, they've literally been taught that. That maybe it's for your own good or, or whatever. There's some higher purpose or whatever the reason is. God in his mysterious ways... He's going to give you a serpent. He's going to give you a snake that could bite you. Going to give you something that can harm you, that could kill you. Jesus is saying, are you, are you kidding? Who among you would do that? Dad, I, Dad I'm hungry. I, I noticed you just went fishing. And uh, could I have one of those? Well, no, but I'll give you a snake. Here, wrestle with this thing for a while. I put a snake in your bed, you know. Just, just got to trust me because I know best. Jesus said, you would never do that. How cruel, what a wicked person. And neither would your father. It, this, is, this is as plain as it can get. Yet how many people think God is the one giving them their, their, their disease or, ta- or giving them all their financial problems because they deserve it? Yeah, you do deserve it, and so do I. But we don't get what we deserve. We get the grace of God. It's only when I think my father doesn't love me and he's against me and he just wants to, he's out to get me and harm me that I get what, if I believe that, I'm gonna get what I deserve. All right? But if I say, no, my father is a good father. He loves me. He will only do good things for me. He'll do good to his enemies. That's what he instructed me to do. He's not doing something opposite. He'll do good to his enemies. I'm not even his enemy. So, Father, I know that this problem I'm dealing with is not of you. It's against your will. You're not giving me snakes. You're not giving me serpents. You're not taking away my ability to to bear children. Well, I don't have that ability, you know, but (laughs) if I was a woman saying that. He's not the one taking it away. Well, well, the Lord has has not allowing me to to have kids. Stop it. No, he's not. He's your healer. He's not your, sick, your sickness giver. 
He's not giving you a serpent. He's not feeding you rocks. He's giving you bread and fish. Good things, the things that you want, things that you need. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, the Lord is, is, the Lord is punishing me for all the things that I've done wrong. No, he's not. No, he's not. He put your punishment on Jesus. Amen. So I, can, I come before him boldly, not based on my own merits, but based on his love, his goodness, his grace, and the sacrifice of Jesus. And now there's nothing that stands in the way. I'm not going up, I don't go boldly before the throne of grace saying, Lord, I deserve it. I've been good. <laughs> no, I come boldly before the throne of grace with the blood of Jesus. It is by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony that we overcome. Hallelujah. So on this basis, we, come, we approach him. Yeah? I, I believe that the Father wants us to know, wants us to be reminded and stirred up or maybe just come into this, this revelation of how much he loves us. Absolutely, he loves us. We can hear that and it can go right over our head, but it's very practical with God. He loves us so he makes a way out. He loves us, so he, he provides a, a, a method, a manner, a pathway for us to enter into his best. Yeah? Say, well, if God loved people, he wouldn't let anyone go to hell. No. No. If God loved people, he would give them a way of escape. He would make a pathway where they wouldn't have to go. He doesn't remove justice or consequence. He gives us an avenue to get, to get away from it. He doesn't stop temptation from coming, right? But he makes a way of escape. Yeah? He doesn't, obviously there's sin in this world and if we're living in a fallen world, there are demons out messing up with people's lives. You know, that's not gonna go away until we get to heaven. But in the meantime, he authorizes us with his name and gives us authority to rule and reign in this life, right? He gives us his word, his promise, his grace is sufficient. He's given us all that we need. Here's our part. Let's go after it. Let's not be, let's not be uh, resigned to live under the barrel, to live without and to live under, in constant, you know, uh, abuse of this world system. No, we approach the Lord and say, Lord, no, I'm coming before you again. I believe in your grace. I believe that you love me. I believe that you've given me a way to avoid this and or to overcome and to get out of it. And that is absolutely the truth. Praise God. Parents, you know, if, you're, if your children make some, some wrong decisions or they have some needs in their life, uh, what is your response to that? Typically, it's not, al it's not always uh, making everything change but it's showing them how to navigate out of it. It's showing them this is how you get through this. This is how you're gonna deal with this situation. This is how you overcome. And that's the way God deals with us. Amen. He makes a way. He gives us a, a word. He shows us how to believe. He, he, he provides his grace. But he also says, come and get it. Why? Some will get it and some won't. Some will be too busy or they'll try for 30 seconds. Well, I tried that. No, no trying for 30 seconds. Bless God, I will have what he has for me. 
I will not be denied. Jesus suffered. He bled for me, and I will not let his sacrifice go to waste. I am not going to bear what he bore. I'm not going to take again what Jesus suffered on the cross for me to be free from. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so, praise God. Jesus said some other really good things there about love. <laughs> but that's love in a very practical way. God loving us is, not, is more than he feels warm and fuzzy. God loving us is more, is more than just a word, right? His love is action towards us. It's good, goodness towards us. It's pro providing for us. It's making a way. Amen, amen. And he does that for the worst among us. Yeah, if he'll do it for the worst among us. Well, not, well, most of, there can only be one worst among us, I guess. So if you're that person, he'll do it for you. And the rest of us, it's even easier. Yeah, praise God. Amen. Let's pray for a moment. Father, thank you for working in here. Thanks for joining us for the message today. I trust it has been a blessing and a help to your life. You know, the most important thing we could ever do is to receive salvation, to receive eternal life. You know, Jesus died for our sins. He paid the price, and it's available to every single one of us. Would you like to pray today? Say it from your heart. Say it out loud. Dear God in heaven, I believe in you. I repent of my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. He suffered in my place. He died so I could live. He was raised from the dead, and he's alive today. I receive him now as my Savior. I confess Jesus is Lord. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today, congratulations, you're in, you're saved, you're right with God. I would love to hear from you so we can send you some additional material to help you in your walk and relationship with God. Please text the word SAVED to 208-314-2660. Also, I'd like to invite you to join us for a live service this coming Sunday, and you are more than welcome to be here. Visit our website at lcboise.com for all of the current service times. Thanks again for joining us today. God bless you. Thank you.